Hello, my friends. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition Podcast, which is brought to you by the Goldfish Walker. Yes, why should man's best friend get all the attention? And benefits from a healthy, active lifestyle? And free vitamin D? Now, with the Goldfish Walker, you can show all your friends that you swim against the current as you proudly walk down the lane. Coming soon to an imagination near you. In all seriousness, this podcast features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or, on occasion, a sermon from another Well Sister Church. Today's meditation is titled, Where is the Lamb? And it's based on a reading from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 8. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. May God bless our time together in meditation on his word. In the name of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has defeated death and risen from it, proving that our hope is indeed immovable. Amen. You woke up early in the morning, and you packed up the boat and the car, made sure the hitch was in place, you threw the life jackets in the back of it, you grabbed your poles, one for you and one for the kiddos, made sure you had snacks and soda, maybe a little portable wind-up radio thing so you can have some tunes. You're standing out there, you're looking at the car, and you're thinking, all right, we're ready to go. I think we got it. You get to the boat landing, empty out the car, put it all in the boat. Got everything in the boat? Everything's in the boat. Shove it off the trailer. Pull the truck up. Make sure you got your keys in your pocket. Boat's floating at the dock. Kids are already in it. You jump in. Pull on that motor. Out into the middle of the lake. And you're 200 yards from shore. You're about to bait up the hook. And your son goes, Dad, where are the worms? Such a 
pointed question, isn't it? it it's one that kind of is like, ah. Out of all the things that we did and made sure that we had, how do we forget that? We find a similar, and I say similar, but not exact thing going on in our reading from Genesis 22 this morning. Abraham had, as it said, loaded up his donkey early in the morning and he put it all all on there. He was loaded up, he was ready to go, and he and his servants walked out to the place that God had showed him to go. And they get there, he sees it in the distance, tells the servants to wait, and they're walking towards it. Isaac's got the wood on his back. Abraham's got the fire and the ropes. And the boy looks and says, Hey, Dad, where's the lamb? I said similar because it's not the Lord had told Abraham. The Lord had told Abraham why they were going out there. He didn't mistake the lamb. Like, whoops, we just left it out. No. It was deliberately left behind. And I can't imagine the the feeling that Abraham had when his son turned and looked at him and said, Dad, where's the lamb? God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. I mean, maybe you can commiserate a little bit. Maybe you have been in a similar situation where you've kind of been the keeper of some knowledge that something that you know is going to happen and the people around you are oblivious until when the rubber hits the road. This is sort of what is going on here. And Isaac speaks up and says to his father, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Indeed, it was a test. First lines in this lesson are, after a while, the Lord decided to test Abraham. The theme of our series going through Lent is that of rethinking religion. This morning, we have the opportunity to rethink trials and temptations and tests. We might read this account in Genesis and think, why? Why would God do that? Isn't that like just mean? Isn't it vindictive? What does he hate this guy so much that he's going to ask him to kill his boy that he loves? I know at a glance, those are the feelings that I had. Why in the world would he do this? Look into our own lives. We oftentimes wonder the same exact question. Why would a loving God who cares for me, who I go to church and worship every single week, why would a loving God make me go through this, that, or the other thing? A relationship problem. Financial issues. 
some kind of hurt or, or, or having your reputation tarnished. Why does the Lord, why would a loving God make me endure some sort of debilitating illness? Why would a loving God inflict a, a little child with some sort of sickness? We ask that question, why? Why would a loving God do this, that, or the other thing? Well, we have an assumption, don't we? We have an assumption that that thing is bad. What do you mean, Pastor? Of course it's bad. Sickness and financial problems, all those things are bad. But are they? Let me give you another example. Let's say that you're driving down the road and your tire blows out on your car. You open up the door, maybe you kick the side of the thing and curse your luck a little bit. You turn around, you walk to the back and you see the, 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 the tire just you know shredded there on the road and the, and the rim is maybe bent up a little bit, but you get down and you take out the tire iron and, and you're cranking on the thing and all of a sudden you hear... Boom! And up ahead of you, there's like a five-car pileup that had your tire not blown out, you would have most definitely been involved in. Or you miss your flight at an airport only to read later that the plane crashed. Those things may seem bad in the moment, they may seem difficult. They may seem hard to go through. But they were there for a reason, right? They were there for your good. See, this is something that we, we have an assumption that things that happen in our life are bad, but even those quote-unquote bad things in the hands of a loving, merciful God serve us in love. We see this more often than not in the Old Testament. Uh, in the Old Testament, the Lord oftentimes gives His servants, His prophets, His messengers an object lesson in the flesh. Something that they would not forget. Something that would be driven into them. That, that, that their, their hope and their faith and the wisdom that comes from it might stick like a well-driven nail. And it is crucial, it is crucial in the history of Israel that this test happen with Isaac and Abraham. All centered around that one little question, where is the Lamb? Dad, where is the Lamb? I said an object lesson in the flesh. An object lesson in the flesh indeed. What is Abraham being taught here? What is he being shown? What is God making him wise to? Well, if you fast forward about 2,000 years, it would not be Abraham or anybody else but it would be God Himself who sacrificed His Son and actually went through with it. Didn't stop 
three quarters of the way there, but went through it with it completely. God was giving Abraham this test to show him, don't forget it, Abraham. This is what I will go through for you. This is what I will do for you. Consider Isaac. Isaac turning around and looking up and saying, Dad, where is the lamb? And his father ties him up tight. And he places him on that altar. And I don't know what that looked like. Maybe he was willing. The Bible doesn't tell us whether or not he went willingly to this. Regardless, as his own father, who he loves, is standing there over the top of him with a knife ready to plunge it down and drive it into his chest, all of a sudden, stop! Don't lay a hand on the boy. Can you imagine the sense of relief that would have washed over both Abraham and Isaac in that moment? Don't do it! What's the point there? What's Isaac being taught? Something else will take your place. There will be a substitute. Your blood won't do. There will be a substitute. There will be somebody to take your place. In verse 12 of the first lesson, it says, the angel of the Lord calls out. He says, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your only son. Abraham looked up. And there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And then the text continues on. And do you remember what that place was called? What does Abraham name it? He calls it the Lord will provide. And it is said to this very day that on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Well, what will be provided? The substitute. The one to take our place. Maybe you remember that, that song when you were a child. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. You know, if I, I began this morning by talking about a, a father-son fishing trip. You know, guys, by and large, how did you learn how to fish? How did you learn how to hunt? How did you learn how to do any of the things that you do? Well, if your father was a, a loving father in that way, he probably taught you those things. There is no more loving thing that a father can do than to teach his son the faith. And that's exactly what Abraham is getting the opportunity, Abraham and Isaac are getting the opportunity to do for the generations that would come after them. When the Lord says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and they will be a blessing to all nations, it's because of you. Because each and every single one of them will be looking forward to this substitute where the Lord will provide. And indeed it did happen. 
that God the Father took His one and only dearly beloved Son and He sacrificed Him for you and for me, though it should have been us. By rights, it should have been us. Because of our sin and because of our iniquity, because of all the times that we have doubted God and didn't follow through with things, for all the times we haven't loved Him as we should, all the times that we haven't loved others as we should, the laundry list of sins that we accrue, yet Christ goes to the cross as the Lamb. And we don't need to ask any longer where the Lamb is. Because we know it's Jesus. During this season of Lent, we will follow that Lamb. We will hear His cries from the cross as He cries out with words that Isaac never said, that you and I will never say, Father, why, my, my God, my God, why have You forsaken me? We will never say that. Jesus said it for you. He was crushed for you and for me. So when we face our own trials, when we face our own temptations, and we see our, our own weakness, what is God getting us to do? Well, Paul says in Romans that God has conf- it, it, the, those people that God's elect are, are predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. What does that mean? I gave this illustration in catechism a couple of days ago, and I, I said, you know, if you pour water into a cup, it doesn't just spill out everywhere. It conforms to the thing that you pour it into. We are being in our lives conformed to the image of Jesus. When we face trials or temptations or suffering, really of any kind, we think on the life of Christ. We think of His life and how He faced all those things perfectly for us. We heard in the Gospel of Mark how He went out into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil for 40 days. 40 days He would have faced hunger and thirst and all of those things We learn in the other Gospels how he faced the temptation of the devil saying, well, if you're hungry, just turn that rock into bread. If you're doubting whether or not God will care for you, well, throw yourself off the top of of this temple and, and watch the angels come down and scoop you up. If you don't really want to go to the cross, Jesus, well, just hit a knee. Worship me and I'll give them all to you. Satan provided him with the easy way out and the easy roundabout time and time and time again throughout those 40 days. And those three main temptations that Jesus faced. We see that in his trials, he didn't fail. Abraham would have failed. Isaac would have failed. I would have failed. You would have failed. But the holy, perfect Lamb of God does not fail. His blood was spilled for you. For me. Our lives are hidden in Christ, with God. So we don't need to live in fear or wondering. We don't need to sit there and try to hide or cover up our sins. We don't need to look down at our brothers and sisters in Jesus and say, well, at least I haven't done what they did. No, our sin is as good as dead. 
It was nailed to the cross of Christ. It's as good as sacrificed, deader than the ram that Abraham sacrificed in place of Isaac. Because we have a substitute. We have a lamb that took our place. And that's who we follow as we walk through the season of Lent. And as we see our our own lives and we see the the ways that we fall short, sometimes you want a, a hiding place from God. Lord, forgive me for I failed. You know, or, or we sit there and we kind of turn inward. Well, I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that there's no better hiding place than this lamb. Scripture says it. Your lives, my life, is hidden with Christ. It's covered over. When God sees you, He doesn't see a, a glowing success. He doesn't see you as mediocre or an abject failure. When God looks at you, He sees your substitute. He sees the Lamb. And as we walk through the days of Lent, this is what we have the opportunity to focus on once again. We get to follow the Lamb and see how He was tested, see how He suffered, see how He died, and see how He rose again for you and for me. So that we might know, that we might never have to ask if we are good enough to stand in God's presence, all we have to do is say, Father, where's the Lamb? And that Lamb is Christ for us. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday School and Adult Bible Study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday Divine Service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.